Welcome to Naomi's Table, a Bible study podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Spreeman. Check out all of our Bible studies at naomistable.com. Now, here's today's lesson in the book of James with teacher Beth Seifert. Welcome back to our study in the book of James, ladies. Today we're going to be in James chapter 3, and I've titled this lesson, Day 6, Uses and Misuses of the Tongue. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to James chapter 3. We'll be starting in verse 1 in just a moment. Now, James has given us practical warnings about our interactions specifically with the body of Christ. He's given us scriptural examples so that we can see that the life of a believer is truly one that is changed, and there will be evidence of that. Now, James, in a sort of stream of consciousness feel, tackles something he mentioned briefly in chapter 2, the use of the tongue in honoring God. So, starting in chapter 3, verse 1 of James. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire! And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Now, notice that James starts with a warning for teachers. This whole passage directly applies to teachers specifically, and this comes with a very serious warning. Teachers will be held to a higher standard. What they do is vital and has a great deal of responsibility tied to it, both for good and for evil. So the warning starts with teachers and is intended to be a caution for teachers to use their words carefully, but we can easily see how this applies to not just teaching, but with teaching we must be especially careful. James doesn't, however, expect teachers or anyone else to be perfect. We all stumble in many ways. There is no perfect man. So we all must be careful then in how we use our words. 
James isn't picking on anyone here. Keep that in mind. He's pointing out that we all need to be careful. We all need this warning. He gives examples of other small things that can have a great impact to emphasize his point. He starts with two positive examples, examples of ways small things make a good impact. Bits in the mouths of horses. Now, first of all, that makes me smile simply because that's history. We know that they used bits in the mouths of horses at this point in history. And the bit, especially in comparison with the horse, is very small. Yet with the bit in the mouth of the horse, the horse is controllable with very little effort on the part of the rider. Ships. Ships harness the wind to move through the water, but the rudder is what gives the direction to the ship. Again, picture a ship. The rudder is under the water and it's comparatively not large, but it guides the whole ship in the direction it should go. So also the tongue. It's a small member, but oh, our tongues do in a lot of ways lead the way that we're going. That can be good or that can be destructive. James then gives the negative example, and the example he uses is extremely telling. Fire. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. The destruction of a fire is real, and it only takes one careless campfire to destroy acres and acres of forest, and homes and businesses and even towns. That, James tells us, is an apt analogy to our tongues. James says the tongue is set among our members staining the whole body. Our words matter. Our tongues can stain our character and direct our lives in ways that are destructive and dangerous, and James doesn't mince words. It's set on fire by hell. Taming wild critters is simple compared to taming our tongues. It's restless, a restless evil. We always want to voice our opinion, have a say, make sure we are heard. We are so often focused on our own glory and using our tongues to draw attention to ourselves. That's just one way that we seek that glory. Yet we can use our tongues to spew poison. The contrast that James gives us here is sobering for us all. We use the same mouth to blaspheme, to slander others, to gossip, to speak in crude and obscene ways, and we don't see any problem with it. And then... We use our same tongue to praise God? After we have used our tongue to curse those made in his image? Oh, ladies, this should not be. How can we do that and not see the hypocrisy? How can we think that our tongues can be used in ways that God has specifically said not to? And then think it's all fine to just go and pray and never address that problem? As far back as Exodus and the giving of the Ten Commandments, we see that our tongues matter. Three of the commandments deal specifically with our tongues. We're told not to blaspheme God's name, not to take his name in vain. We're told to honor our parents, and that's about our hearts, but it is transmitted through our actions and our words. And then we're told not to bear false witness. I mean, three of the ten can be directly tied to how we use our tongues. Our words should reflect upon our Savior in a way that brings glory to Him, not shame. If my words are such that I'm just as vulgar, just as gossipy, just as nasty and critical as the world, how do I think I can possibly represent my Savior well? 
This is a hard one for women, and I don't say that to stereotype, but women like to talk. We do. We often process by using our words, and we communicate with storytelling. We talk, and we talk a lot. We have to be careful, ladies, to watch what we are saying, not to try to disguise gossip as a prayer request, not to justify ourselves in our self-righteousness and think we are better than those sinners. It's one thing to wrestle with sin in ourselves and in the world, and to work through that with our words. It is another thing to constantly fault-find and consider ourselves as so much better than everyone else. Our words, ladies, should be like a spring of fresh water. Our words should be gracious, should encourage and exhort, and yes, rebuke when necessary, but rebuke with love. Here's the thing I know as a teacher. I'm not perfect. I get stuff wrong. I still have error in my understanding and in the way I express things sometimes. So I am careful to prepare before I teach, to watch what I'm saying when I'm teaching, but also, if I realize after I've taught something that I was incorrect or unclear, one of two things happens. I apologize to my class and reteach whatever needed to be taught, or I apologize to my class and provide resources for them to look into. I've done that before when I realized that my understanding of a certain aspect of a book of the Bible wasn't as good as I thought it was, and I still wasn't settled in what that aspect was actually about, so I found several trustworthy resources that taught from different viewpoints, and I provide those to my class for them to dig in on their own. Can you imagine what it would be like to sit under a teacher whose words were poison? What does that do to the student when the teacher is teaching poison? Do you see why this is so important for teachers in particular? Consider who you are around, whose conversation lifts you up and even challenges you. Who do you go to who is able to speak truth with love into your life? Whose conversation drags you down? We all know people who are so negative it's exhausting to talk to them because you are constantly trying to lift them out of that pit of negativity that they're in. And often they don't actually want to be lifted out. Consider yourself. Are you one of whose words bring truth with love into the lives of others? Or are your words those which drag others down and discourage them? Do you find that people are constantly trying to pull you out of the pit you are in? What does that show about where your heart is at? What does that say about the hope you profess? How do your words demonstrate the direction you are going? Ladies, we don't have to stay in sinful patterns of speech. We can cry out to God to change our hearts and help us to change our speech as well. To help our hearts and speech reflect His truth and to do so with grace and with love. We can be springs of fresh water, bringing words of hope and of life to others. Not because we are the source of that hope, but because we are simply one spring coming off the living water, pointing back to the source. Being able to speak is one of the ways in which we are uniquely made in God's image. How are we reflecting that reality in our words? Are we glorifying God or shaming Him? Ladies, this is one to really camp up on in your own life today. What does your speech say about your heart? Really think about this and apply it to yourself, not to those around you. How is your tongue set apart to God? How are you being sanctified in your words? 
Ask God not just to remove sinful speech and thoughts, but to replace them with righteous, God-honoring speech and thoughts. Seek Him in this and really watch what you say and consider what it's actually revealing about you and your own heart. It's not easy and you won't do this perfectly, but repent of your own sinful speech and ask God to help you to strive to make your speech glorifying to Him. Ladies, you'll find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com day 6 Uses and Misuses of the Tongue.